listening to the Psych Central Podcast, where guest experts in the fields of psychology and mental health share thought-provoking information using plain, everyday language. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Podcast. Calling into the show today, we have Edie Weinstein, who is a licensed social worker and a psychcentral.com blogger. She's also the founder of Hug Mobsters Armed with Love and the author of the book Bliss Mistress. Edie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gabe. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate having you. And the biggest question that I want to ask you, and I've really been looking forward to this interview, how did you land on hugs? I mean, of all the things in the world, hugging just seems both so obvious and so far away. Can you talk about this for a moment? Sure. For more than a moment, actually, we could do the whole interview. On this. Uh, I, grew up in a very, I grew up in a very nurturing family. Um, nobody left the house without hugs and I love you. Nobody came back in without hugs and I love you. Unlike a lot of people, sadly, um, you know, a lot of people's homes, touch was either violent, coercive, non-existent, limited, sexual, or not by consent. In my home, it was purely by consent and abundant. So I told my parents they raised me to do this kind of work. And I came upon the free hugs movement. Um, there's a gentleman named Juan Mann. People want to Google it. It's J-U-A-N-M-A-N-N. And one day he went into his town square with a sign that said free hugs. He had moved there, I believe from England, and was lonely. And something like 20 minutes went by, nobody came up to him. People walked by, looked at him like, what the heck is this weird guy doing? And then this older woman came up to him and they embraced. And then people started gathering around and a movement was born. In 2014, Valentine's Day weekend, I brought a group of friends to 30th Street Station, which is the big train station in Philadelphia. Um, We let ourselves loose. There were about a dozen of us. We walked around the train station with our free hug signs offering people love. And we did a free hugs flash mob. And it's only by consent. We didn't kamikaze hug anybody. We didn't go grab people. We asked, would you like a hug? And if they said yes, we'd hug them. And if they'd say no, we'd say, okay, thank you. Hug somebody. Well, one of the people that approached us was a gentleman who was an Iraq war vet. He was the only survivor of his platoon and he had survivor's guilt. And he said, I thought about ending my life until I met you people. Can I join you? So of course we gave him a sign and he was off to the races himself. And I thought, wow, we've really got something here. Hugs save lives. And I hadn't realized how much so until a few months later on my way home from the gym, I had a heart attack at age 55. And as part of my cardiac rehab, I walked around Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which is closer to home in Philly, doing free hugs rolls because hugs are heart friendly, not just cardiac friendly, but emotionally heart friendly. And they connect us heart to heart. So friends started calling us hug mobsters. And I said, oh, mobsters, mafia, guns, drugs, I don't think so. And I said, what about hug mobsters armed with love? And thus a movement was, I can't say it was born, but it was extended beyond what one man did. So I do it any and everywhere I can. That is incredible. And I love everything about it. And my favorite phrase in there might be, we aren't hug kamikazes. (laughs) I come from a a loving family as well. We're huggers. I always tell people that I am a Mm -hmm. hugger. And kamikaze hugs, again, my new favorite phrase, that's how we (laughs) hug. I mean, people just charge you and hug you in my family. 
But of course, that's my family. I, I'm on a first name basis with all of these people. How does this work in, in the real world? You know, at first I was like, man, if you just like grab people, that that seems like a really bad idea. Right. But if you just walk up to a stranger and say, can I give you a hug? I'm not going to lie. That also seems like a really bad idea. H- how are you bridging those gaps? Well, a couple things, particularly in the era of hashtag me too. We want to be really careful about how we touch people. Uh, because anything can be misinterpreted. And on the flip side, we want to be sure that we don't buy into the touch deprivation that's so much a part of American culture. So the kamikaze hugs, even people in my life, um, if I'm not sure if they want a hug, I'll say, can I give you a hug? Would you like a hug? And when I'm out on the streets, having the hug mobster sign helps. People look at it like, okay, what is that? Or if I carry a sign that says free hugs, or if I wear a t-shirt that indicates that I'm doing free hugs, When I do it out on the street somewhere, like I was in Washington, D.C., hugging in front of the White House, and there were people from all over the world, all different cultures, some of them huggier cultures than others. And even that, you know, I I would approach people and say, may I give you a hug or would you like to share a hug? Some people are hungry for it. Some say, no, thank you. Now I'm good. When they say, no, I don't want it, they'll say, now I'm good. And I say, no, you're good, but hug somebody. Um, So, yeah, it does feel kind of weird. And culturally, sadly, because I'm a woman, it's less threatening because I've had male friends do hug strolls with me. And some of them are a little leery about reaching out to hug people. So this is changing the culture, changing touch culture, changing relationship culture. I remember early on in my career, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm six foot three, I'm 275 pounds, I'm broad shoulders, I'm just a, a giant of a man. And as I mentioned, my family are all huggers. And when I first got started, people would just come up and hug me. And, and, and I, I loved that. That was amazing to me. And as I got more comfortable in my role as, as a speaker and a presenter and a public figure, for lack of a better word, I just started randomly hugging people back. I work in mental health, so there's more women than men. But one time I went in for a hug and somebody put up their hand and said, no, 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 I'm, I, I'm not a hugger. And, and you should be careful, Gabe, because people have a history of, of trauma. People don't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're a man coming in. Where, yeah. And I thought about that for a moment. And now I have the phrase, are you a hugger? Yep. Yep. And that, that's what I say. You know, people come up and they talk to me and they're like, you know, Gabe, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, are you a hugger? <laughs> and I open up my arms. And if they say, no, I'm not, I say, well, I'm giving you a mental hug or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hugging yep. you in our mind and I reach out my hand or I shake their hands or I just do whatever they want. But you're right. This idea that hugging is natural has sort of, it, it's just weird for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie because I, I think that a hug is just something that you do for everybody. Whereas in other cultures, kissing hello is perfectly normal. And I think that's very weird. Mm-hmm. So are the majority of people receptive or are the majority of people not receptive? Like what's your ratio there? How many people accept the hugs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, most are receptive. Nice. When I first started doing this, um, more people said no because I was uncertain. Anytime you approach someone with a new idea, the more confident you are, the more people are going to be receptive because they sense that energy. Now, if a few people they know, I say, thank you. You know, thanks for taking care of yourself. Not everybody is into this. And I will do that. Like if I'm meeting somebody and they'll hold out their hand, I'll say exactly what you said. Are you a hugger? And if they say, oh, yes, then I'll hug them. And if they say no, and I said, okay, I'll shake your hand. And when people say no to a physical embrace, I'll say, are you cool with handshake, high five, fist bump, virtual hug where I'll wrap my arms around myself and imagine hugging them. And usually they'll say yes. 
Um, there are times when I've hugged hundreds of people in a day. Um, I go to different events. Like this summer, there were four Pride Fests, and I probably hugged a few hundred people throughout, you know, full day. And I don't keep track. Somebody said, oh, you should have a clicker. I don't want to do that because it takes away from the quality of what I'm doing. Quantity to me doesn't much matter. You know, it's the impact. It's the ripple effect. I'm not totally altruistic. I do it for myself, too, because it helps me feel connected to the world. You know, when I hug people, I don't know what their politics are. I don't know who they voted for. I don't know what their religion is unless they tell me. I don't know what their, their gender orientation or sexual orientation is. And it doesn't matter. I just want the world to be a kinder, more loving place. And if hugs can help with that, I'm all on board with it. The next question that I want to ask is surrounding like the worst case scenario. You said that the majority of people are accepting the hugs. Mm -hmm. You've talked about the people who don't want hugs are just like, oh, no, thank you. And you say, hey, you should hug somebody today. And they say, okay, and they wander off. Have you gotten any truly bad reactions? Has anybody just flipped out? Never. Nope. The most somebody says, no, I'm not really into hugs or no, thank you. No, I've never had that. But again, I think it's because I'm a five foot four inch woman. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have purple hair sometimes and I wear colorful clothing. So I'm not particularly threatening. But the coolest things that come out of this are the types of people that have said yes. I celebrate the anniversary of my heart attack as a brand new life experience. And I always do a free hug stroll. On the third cardioversary, a friend of mine who's a filmmaker followed me around South Street in Philadelphia. And there was this beautiful Muslim woman dressed in, I wouldn't say full hijab, her, her face wasn't covered, but her head. And she comes up to me and she offers me a hug. And she says, who wouldn't want a hug? And she was, you know, kind of gesturing and moving her body around. Who wouldn't want a hug? And I said, well, some people don't. They say that, you know, they don't want them. And she lifts up her finger and pointed at me. And she says, even those who say they don't, they don't want them, they need them. And I thought, if the people who espouse hatred could be this beautiful woman, who is probably in her 40s, I'm guessing, talking about the power of hugs to connect people and the the needs that they meet, they couldn't possibly hate. So I think that's part of it. The other thing that's important, too, is children. When there are children around that I offer a hug to, say to the parent, if it's okay with you and okay with your child, may I hug your child? If the parent says yes and the child says no, I don't touch them. And I'll say to the child, Nobody touches you without your permission. So it's okay that you're saying no. When I was in D.C., there was a family from Dominican Republic. And it was a mom, a dad, and and probably like a seven or eight-year-old boy. And he didn't want hugs at first. And I said, okay, will you do fist bumps or high fives? And he did both of those. So a few minutes later, before I left, he approaches me and opens his arms. So he was asking me for a hug. So I'm a consent educator. And this is about consent as well. We'll be right back after these messages. Want real, no boundaries talk about mental health issues from those who live it? Listen to the Not Crazy podcast, co-hosted by a lady with depression and a guy with bipolar. Visit psychcentral.com slash not crazy or subscribe to Not Crazy on your favorite podcast player. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. 
We're back speaking with Edie Weinstein, a licensed social worker, about the power of hugging. So let's talk about consent for a moment. As you pointed out, you're a consent educator. And early on, when I was a young boy, I was always told that no means no. Later on, I was told, listen, we have to get rid of no means no because it's not thorough. And we wanted to hear yes means yes. This opened up a world of understanding for me because when you hear a yes, you know that you have permission. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit? Because I, I really do think that people are fuzzy on what consent is. And that's so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's perfect timing because I've just started teaching a class with a friend who's also in the same field that I am called Yes, No, Maybe So, a conscious consent and boundaries workshop. And we just did our first one together on Sunday. And the way that we define it, define consent, is that it's saying yes, not just to touch, but a wholehearted yes to whatever it is that's being offered to us or asked of us. And if I'm not a full-blown heck yes, then I'm a heck no, (laughs) okay, that I don't have to say yes. Now, those of us who are codependents, and I count myself among them, people pleasers, my husband used to say I was an emotional contortionist who'd bend over backwards to please people, I would often say yes when I really wanted to say no. Didn't want anybody to feel rejected, and I didn't want to be rejected. So consent is all bound up in that as well, that when we give our full wholehearted consent to something... We are on board with it. I consented to this interview. Um, I might have been wishy-washy about it. If I'm wishy-washy about something, I don't do it until I'm sure that this is what I want to do. And I've been that way all my life, that I've had to think things through uh, before I jump into it. And once I'm there, I'm all in. So consent for me is about, okay, can I be all in to whatever is being offered to me or asked of me? And that could be touch, it could be sex. It could be a gift. It could be a commitment to do something with someone. So that's why it's important. When my son, who's now 32, was a boy, um, we talked a lot about not only no means no, but only yes means yes. And not just from him, but to him. I said, if somebody wants to touch you in a way that you don't want to be touched, no matter who it is, it's no. And you're allowed and you're encouraged and you're expected to say no if you are not comfortable. And to the best of my knowledge, he, you know, he's been appropriate with anybody he's ever been in relationship with. I've never worried about him crossing boundaries and touching somebody inappropriately. And I wanted him to know that he had the freedom and the self-body sovereignty to say no to anybody touching him if he didn't want it. And I think that some of this goes back to what you were saying about getting consent from children. I do not have children, but the majority of my friends and family do. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard oh, don't be that way, give your uncle a hug, or stop that. You say hello and give them a hug. Mm -hmm. I understand the say hello. I understand the make eye contact. I understand being socially appropriate, but it it does shift a little when you demand that somebody occupy your physical space. My, My question specifically in this isn't so much about consent, but it's about how do you teach somebody, especially a child, the benefits and the value of hugging without forcing them to hug a bunch of people? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, right? It's difficult for a parent because like you said, touch is so valuable and so important, mm-hmm. but you don't want to force somebody to do it. Right. In the 1960s and 70s, I'm 61. The common thing was, oh, go hug aunt so-and-so. You don't want her to feel bad. Right. One of the things that I encourage children to do, if I was a parent dealing with this, and 
what I would tell the child, if the person wanted a hug, they don't owe anybody a hug. If I was going to a family gathering with a child, even as old as an adolescent, I would say, there's going to be people here that you don't know. How do you want to greet them? You know, what would be a good way for you to feel comfortable to greet them? And if there are people that you do know, you know, how would you like to greet this person? Um, Well, I would like to shake their hand or I would like to do a high five or fist bump. So it's preparing them in advance. You know, so listen to somebody's words and watch their body language, their nonverbal cues. If you're an adult witnessing, and it doesn't have to be anything horrible. It's not like somebody is molesting the child. But if you see a child being uncomfortable with physical behavior from an adult, you can step in and say, okay, enough. She's saying enough. Stop. And take that firm stand. Because that way that child will feel like they have an ally, that they have a voice, and that you're encouraging their voice. And I think it's important for anybody listening to understand that obviously the best hugs, just like anything else in life, are ones freely given. We have to consider whether it's a child, whether it's your mom, whether it's whomever, a coworker, Mm -hmm. a stranger on the street, if they're hugging you out of obligation, it's diminishing the return significantly. I I don't want to hug somebody that doesn't want to hug me because somebody who is bigger than them and had power over them told them to. It kind of ruins it a bit. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you're on the receiving end, wouldn't you want somebody to hug you willingly? Yes. That, you know, it feels so much better. And there are times, like, for example, if you're in a relationship and your partner's not feeling so hot, And you say, would you like a hug? And they say, no, really, I just want to sit by myself. Forcing a hug on them isn't listening to what they're saying. And there are some people that when they don't feel well, whether it's a physical condition or an emotional condition, that they just want their space. It's not a rejection of you or the love that you want to offer them. That's hard, too. If somebody is saying, I have all this love to give and I know that by hugging them, I'm going to make them feel better. It's not about them. You're making it about you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my primary love language is touch, but there are people in my life that are not, that's not their primary love language. I have wonderful nurturing friends who would never do a free hugs event with me. They'd never go out and do that. I also teach a workshop called Cuddle Party, um, which is about nurturing non-sexual platonic touch for adults. And there are people that in my life that would never go to one, my son included. He says, Mom, the day I go to a cuddle party is the day you get in a wrestling ring or go to a shooting range. (laughs) So, But he's very huggy. He's very affectionate with me, with his wife, with his friends. But his style is very different. I'm his weird hippie mom who does all this bizarre stuff. (laughs) It's slightly embarrassing for my (laughs) 32-year-old. You know, Edie, along the lines of that weird hippie mom statement that you just made, when I first became aware of you, and and to be clear, we're co-workers over at Psych Central. Mm -hmm. So you're not just some random person I found on the internet. We have an actual working relationship. Mm -hmm. And even then I thought, what is this? (laughs) You you know, I'm kind of on guard for this. As the host of the podcast, I I talk to a lot Mm -hmm. of people. I get a lot of guest pitches. As an associate editor over at Psych Central, I read a lot of the submissions. And there's a lot of what I like to call misinformation out in the world, Mm -hmm. especially surrounding mental illness and psychiatry and the treatment for mental health conditions, mental illness, etc. And Mm -hmm. Just to disclose, when when I first saw this, I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, just randomly hugging people, that's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I've also learned to keep an open mind. And I, I read your articles. I read the information that you provided. And of course, again, we're coworkers. I know you. It makes it a little easier. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, yeah, because you're not saying that hugging 
cures mental illness. You're not saying that hugging prevents depression. All you're saying is that hugging has intrinsic value and that kindness has intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. And that value reverberates out into your life and into the lives of others Mm -hmm. in very positive and meaningful ways. And I wish more people would understand that when you know, they roll their eyes at, at this because, I, you know, some people do. And I think if they yeah. really thought about it, they would realize that, oh, my God, we're sitting on the simple solution to feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. And here mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, I totally agree. And as I said, hugs save lives. I don't know what happened with the gentleman that hugged us initially five years ago. I don't even know if I'd recognize him if I saw him again. But I also know that for the people who experiences the feedback that I get from them, they don't feel so alone. There's another form of hugging that I do. It's called free mom hugs. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Okay. Free mom hugs got started probably around the same time as hug mobsters did. There's a woman named Sarah Cunningham and she was a devout, still is a devout Christian whose son came out to her as a gay man. And she went into a tailspin. She thought, Oh my goodness, how can I, love God and love my son and not have to choose between them. So she had a dark night of the soul, like a lot of people do if their kids come out to them. And she realized she didn't have to make a choice. So Parker invited her to go to a pride fest in Oklahoma City. And she made up a sign that said free mom hugs with the idea that those who come out to their parents, they don't often get hugs. So she said by the end of the day, she was covered with tears and glitter because a lot of the people that she hugged sobbed because they didn't have the kind of parents that she was for her son. And she thought just like I did, wow, I've got something here. So she took it on the road. So I'm part of Free Mom Hugs. You can actually look that website up too, Free Mom Hugs. There are chapters probably in all 50 states. And when I went to the Pride Fest, I hugged a lot of young people whose parents rejected them when they came out. And they said, our parents would never do this. So there's also Free Dad Hugs. So that heals. I can't tell you how many lives that kind of hugging changes when they feel accepted by a maternal or paternal figure, even if it's not their own. Um, And yes, I'm sure there are articles out there that talk about the the mental health healing power of safe, nurturing, platonic touch by consent. And that's how I would categorize what I do. Well, that is incredible. Edie, we're at about the end of our time. Can you tell folks how to find you and how to find your book, Bliss Mistress? You can find it on Amazon, The Bliss Mistress Guide to Transforming the Ordinary into the Extraordinary. They can find me via my website, www.opti-mystical.com. So that's my website. I'm also on Facebook. My son calls me a Facebook addict. Um, but it's E-D-I-E-W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. And I encourage you to be in touch with me and to hug somebody today, starting with yourself. So I invite whoever's listening to wrap their arms around themselves and then take it out to the streets. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I could not agree more. Hug as many people as possible. And I really like the idea of hugging yourself. Thank you again for being here. My pleasure, Gabe. And remember, everyone, you can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere, simply by visiting betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. Also, wherever you downloaded this podcast, give us as many stars, hearts, or bullet points as you feel appropriate and use your words. Tell people why you like the show. And finally, share us on social media, email us to everybody you know, and we will see everyone next week. 
You've been listening to the Psych Central Podcast. Want your audience to be wowed at your next event? Feature an appearance and live recording of the Psych Central Podcast right from your stage. Email us at show at psychcentral.com for details. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Psych Central is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website run by mental health professionals. Overseen by Dr. John Grohall, Psych Central offers trusted resources and quizzes to help answer your questions about mental health, personality, psychotherapy, and more. Please visit us today at psychcentral.com. To learn more about our host, Gabe Howard, please visit his website at gabehoward.com. Thank you for listening, and please share widely. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.